crap, we'll hit a high moon here. Fucking last fucking forever. I'm just I'm cutting that off. Okay, and welcome back everyone with another episode of Bench with Bubba. It's episode number uh, twenty two thousand three hundred fifty four. We continue catcher month here with our team by team preview of catchers only on various teams. What I like to do is bring on analysts. Well, not really analysts. People who are active on the Twitter machine and who are fans of the team, or even just live in that city. That's how I determine who is best suited to provide fantasy analysis. Nope, I don't really care if they're idiots or with no track record of success. Anyways, uh, that nothing to do with nothing to do with our guest this week. Um, this week we t- we tiptoe into the AL Central and talk about the Kansas City Royals. Love them or hate them, and you know who loves them? It's Anthony Gialdi. Let's welcome. Anthony Gialdi. Yeah, you can find him at Gialdi on Twitter. Now, I don't think we've golfed together, have we? But you know what? Like, I'd sure like to. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. You know, I'd love to maybe go down to F Paz. And if I could get out there on the course with you, that'd be so fun. You know, we can have some high noons and talk shop. You know, it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, I got a question for you before we start. Are you Chet? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Oh, um, no, uh, do, do I have to answer? I mean, you know, you I, have to answer. Style. Chet's not really my style. You know, I'm kind yeah. of a laid back guy. I try not to, uh, you know, get out there too much and get put myself out there. So uh, Chet's not, he's not really somebody I would even think about making an account for. Um, do you know who it is? Like, who could it be besides us? I don't know. I don't know. I think we all just been accusing each other of it in our chat. We all just been fucking saying we're just everyone's skeptical of each other. But yeah. uh, I do not know who Chad is, and I do no, not I don't. Know I wish I knew who Chad was. And I, I think I know who Hans is, but I'm getting less certain do of that. You? Do you? Do I know who Hans is? I think I do. Yeah, you think you do? I think I do. I thought I knew I who Chad was. Everyone think I would like to know who those three people are, but um, I'll be honest with you. I have my own Chet paper trail going right now, and I'm not going to say anything more. Okay. Have we not talked about this? No, we haven't. Okay. You know how Scotland Yard works. What's that? You know, the Scotland Yard that we have as a, as a group chat, it's basically like a, a group of detectives trying to figure things out. So yeah, I, you know what? I think we anymore. think we know. We think we know Hans. We're so ninety nine percent sure, but you know what? You never know. It's like it's it's not always an inside job within our group. Like we know, I know. Oh, I know certain characters that are on our my podcast. Usually, I know what's going on there. But then there's sort of like a like a niche industry going on with all this shit. But anyways, that's not what we, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, we're, we're going to get, we're, we're really just going to talk about catchers because that's what, that's what anyone, Finally. anyone Finally. who's anyone is talking about catchers for like December and January. And, you know, it's really good to do the team by team preview. So really helpful. Um, but um, how many leagues are you doing? Like um, we're pretty fucked up. We've been, we're in a lot of leagues to, together and, a lot of leagues in good COVID. question uh are you asking how many so far or what are, what's my plan what are you both, saying both uh, are we counting gladiators are the are we are, are those do those count are those do those real? count as leagues i don't know are they just like pixie dust we don't they don't they're not real they're just done um, or whatever so 
I think I'm I think I'm gonna be around I'm around I'm getting close to 50 right now total if we count gladiators if we don't I think it's under control gladiators so imagine you're, imagine like you learned about the gladiator which is like a 120 league contest say just picture this say you just like you ordered the forecast the baseball forecaster you got through it real quick. You thought you're like, oh, I'm, I'm probably one of the first people to like finally get through it. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to enter in Gladiator on January 1st. You log into the NFBC website and the entire contest is fucking sold out. Like that's how fucked up we are. No, it's true. And and honestly, it's it's a shame that Gladiator happens when it does because frankly, it's, it's the worst time to do a draft and hold with no bench, right? Is Is that far out? With no oh, info, injuries. It's a horrible competition. It's, it's totally done. It, it's, re it's, really, it's, it's really timed poorly. However, what else is going on in November and December for baseball nuts? Honestly, I regret making it because, A, it's a complete crapshoot. It's a complete yes. crapshoot. And, B, everyone gets to see who your guys are. Yeah, but yeah. really, I mean, your yeah. guys in November are not your guys in March. We know right. that. Well, we'll see. How many CLQs are you doing? Well, I'm going to try to get into probably five or six of each of each of the um, flavors. So I'm going to do probably five or six CLQs. I figure one of them will hit, and I'll get into the Vegas auction. You know, how many yeah. are you going to do? Uh, three or four. I'm, I'm going to buy. I'm going to get a three pack, and then you know. I'll, I've I'll, already done quite a few. Yeah, I'm in. I've done. Yeah, I've done a bunch of this. I saw you did quite a few of the DC CLQs. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the more the better. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, like you said, it's like a lottery ticket. Yeah, yeah. The FDN Discord League, the one that we just joined, is um, I'm, that's my CLQ as well. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So I'm in two CLQs at the moment. One is an FDN Discord League. The other one is with um, the league with Mark Cerebro in it. Um. But I'm, I'm not a part of the FTN Discord. I'm not in the Discord, but um, I, I joined it. Um, it was just in the lobby. And so did you, right? But you're part of the Discord. But um, I am part of the Discord. I, talk, I was talking, I talked to Vlad and uh, I, I said, uh, well, basically, he's like, you know, this is a FTN league. I'm like, well, it's it's an overall competition uh, and it's in the lobby. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, he, was, he was fine with it. But um, yeah. I think there's a misunderstanding amongst most people that these like, call it private or quote unquote private leagues like be it the Mike the Mouth League or Vlad. I got in it, I got into it with Mike the Mouth about this too. Or even Rob Get Pietro's league that, that I was in to start the, yeah. the, the year. Like those like if you're if you're if you are choosing your opponents and not opening it up to the public, it should not be part of the overall competition. Like that draft that Rob did should not be part of the overall. And I'm in it. So I'm I'm not biased and I'm like, I like it. I like that it's part of the overall personally, but it's not, it's not really. Uh, I, don't know. I, I get what you're saying because any overall. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that any of these leagues like are not on the up and up and people are like being shady. Oh, no. I don't it's just, think it's just, shady at all. It's, it's, not, shady, it's not shady at all. Yeah. It's just no. nothing shady. No one's cheating. Um, right. But it's, it ruins the integrity of the comp of an overall competition when you do not allow people to join that league or if it's like private, private. 
I was very it wasn't private private it was hosted so i was able to join so absolutely that's how it should it shouldn't just it shouldn't just it shouldn't just be the fkn discord only has access to this league because that ruins the integrity of the contest and i'm not saying that it's like i'm not saying that i'm not saying that oh it's gonna shake it's gonna change the course of history and it's like uh gonna the overall winner is gonna come from that contest because like everyone's bad i'm not saying that they're all there's a bunch of good players in that league but um it's probably a stronger right. than than average but i'm saying it ruins the, it ruins the integrity of it so i think anyway. you're right i think in principle you're right and i think that in principle probably, right in practice and probably i'm probably making a big deal over nothing right that's that's what i was getting ready to say is yes in principle you're right every every draft that hits that is eligible for an overall should hit the lobby in some way shape or form right yes that new the new, year's, new year's draft that Mike Mouth does, that's not on the like, that's that that's there's a problem with that. Oh, but, it never hit the lobby. But I'm not saying that in practice it's really like come on, it, like. But in practice, yes. I mean, it's not. It's not. If there's not nothing. It's not, it's, 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 in practice, it's not bothering anyone. No, but, and it's not, and there's theory, nothing underhanded going on or no, anything. Agree. But what, I get what you're saying too. But yeah. there's there's a forty thousand dollar overall prize at stake, so like you'd think that you'd want to um, have the integrity of that, right? And I think that I think having this slightly undermines that. That's my opinion. Well, it's it's. I have to tell you, I mean, because in theory you're right, but I also think you're nitpicking because there are so few of these, and I don't know that anybody's ever even won overall money out of any of them. Maybe they have. It's going to happen Any, eventually, though. It's it will. Happen. It's a numbers game. One of, the, one of these bullshit, um, like, one yes. of these bullshit, like, GTE, FTN, Draft Champions podcast, um, New Year's yeah. Eve. Black it's Friday. a numbers game. One of these fucking leagues eventually, it's only been around for what, like, it only started happening, like, the last, like, 10 years. Eventually, <laughs> somebody's going to win an overall from one of these leagues. Trust me. Or not, I don't want to sound cocky, but, like, I think, like, this, the numbers will. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, you know that the early, early draft, if, if I remember like last year, you got like Trout in the fifth or something and everybody was like, wow. And that was right when Trout had his back issues and they were saying, you know, like his back will never be right. And you got a yeah. great deal on him. And then everybody he kept playing or everybody was fine with it. And his draft stock went back up to normal um, last year, not this draft season. Um, and, you know, I mean, if any of that ever swayed a team into, you know, let's say somebody got Acuna, an Acuna type of season out of somebody like that. Um, yeah, it would probably cause some ripples. So you're right in principle and yeah. you're probably right in practice. Maybe, maybe moving forward, you know, everything will hit the lobby at some point, you know, in some way, shape or form, even if it hits the lobby for an hour, you know, or I don't know how, whatever it takes. A lot, for of, a lot of these, a lot of the normal ones don't last even an hour. Like, yes, because everybody knows to go and just join it up, you know. Yeah, you see somebody like a really famous like Twitter guy like Mike Curlin tweet out like some like somebody like like people like that moves the market like Mike Curlin. Like yes. he tweets out I'm in a DC, you know it's gonna fill up like in a second, right? It's I would gonna last, it's gonna I'd last run, I'd run to the computer. Yes, exactly. Um okay, so like like I said, we're gonna talk like, this is catcher month. And we do team by team previews, catchers only. So we're going to be talking about Kansas City Royals catchers. But I got to, I got to read, I got to do a read for the podcast before we start. So, okay, I want to talk to you about uh, pitcherless pro lifetime subscriptions. 
Do you enjoy um, fantasy group chats with five or six of your closest friends where you share valuable information? Well, how would you like to add about 900 people you can't stand to that group chat? Well, you are in luck. They provide access to a Discord with over 1,000 members. Do you hate ads? Well, their website will be ad-free. Just ignore all of self-promotion and advertising in the Discord. Does your significant other get dripping wet when you wear pictureless merchandise? Well, you are in luck. There is a free exclusive merchandise and a 10% discount code in store items. Okay, and now we're done with the ad. Uh, we're on to some housekeeping and just some things I've noticed um, in, the, in our community before we get started um, that I didn't really want to get into online, but we can talk about it in person so you can have some nuance and I wanted to, we can have a back and forth here. Let's start off tame. Um, Joe Orico, um, good Canadian boy, uh, he re re retweeted a bloom board basically saying that he's going to fade Blake Snell. And you know what? I'm not in on Blake Snell either. I'm, to, I'm fading him too, but that's besides the point. Rob Silver chimes in and says, Steamer has him as the SP12. Silver loves quoting Steamer. Orico replies, and I'll paraphrase, he's thrown 130 innings twice in seven seasons and 174 innings feels generous. So that was sort of the exchange. Hmm. Um, Ag, any thoughts on that? Like initially, or well, I mean, you know, uh, I think I got, uh, I got my thoughts. I can give you my thoughts first, and then you can you can go ahead. Like go ahead. Last year there were there were fifty two. So last year in twenty twenty three, there was fifty two starters projected for one hundred and seventy innings or more by Steamer. Twenty one of them didn't get to one fifty. Most were injuries. One right. was Alec Manoa. Um, the only way Snell doesn't get to 170 is by getting hurt, probably. Right. Like how and how many get to how and how many people actually get to 170 in reality? 37 of them. So 52 were projected. 37 um, actually got in, got to the 170, and that included Bryce Elder, Oviedo, Dunning, JP Sears. Steamer can't project Snell at 130 innings. It just can't. Basically, it would be projecting an injury. So right. like. I don't know what he, I don't know what he expects Steamer to do in this case. Like I get it. Like Snell's probably going to go to the Mets and like just turn terrible, like obviously, but um, uh, because the Mets are horrific. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any, like, you see what I'm saying here? Like I, I, I don't know. I, do. I, I wouldn't blame point. Steamer for putting innings out there. So Steamer's job is not to tell you um, Snell will get hurt. Steamer's job is not to tell you that, um, that Buxton will get hurt. I'm sure they don't have Buxton with 600 at bats, but Steamer is just saying in a general sense, this is basically what he did last year or what we would expect him to do in a non-injured year, you know, it within reason. I mean, they're not going to put Buxton for 600 plate appearances, but things like that with, with Snell, he just came off the side young. And I, I, I honestly, like, if you don't think he's going to, if you don't think anybody's, going to make it if you think somebody's going to get hurt that's fine but don't blame steamer for it yeah you know that's I, what I, I think i think we're saying the same things yeah and uh you know without picking on snell i mean this could go for anybody what's it let's let's say they've got verlander for 150 verlander's 41 he's never going to pitch 150 okay but that's not steamer's fault what if he does steamer's just saying if he doesn't get hurt this is the innings he pitches. This is the stats we think he'll put up. You know, now if Steamer goes and puts 40 innings for Blake, Blake Snell, you're going to, they'll get crucified. 
So, you know, they have to put a normal inning amount. Yeah. Uh, just to sort of illustrate, I know if people are listening, it's kind of interesting. The players that were proje projected for um, 170 last year that didn't make it. Like if you list them off, there's like, you can nitpick over Snell, but it's really like you, you, you're, you're missing the, you're missing the forest, the trees, or whatever that saying is. It's like Shane Bieber, 128 innings. He was hurt. Alec Manoa, fucking garbage, 387 innings. Musgrove, injured. German Marquez, injured. Robbie Ray, Max Freed, Julio Arias, you Darvish. Um, Shane McClanahan, Kyle Wright, Tristan McKenzie, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, Cole Irvin, Nick Lodolo, um, Ranger Suarez, Shoei Otani, Brandon Woodruff, Drew Rasmussen, Jacob deGrom, Clayton Kershaw. So like, man, like all injuries, like, look, maybe I don't did Stroman. Look at that list, too. man. And you're saying, Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't get over that. They're projecting Snell for 170. Like, like it's steamer. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's, their it's job fine. is not to project innings or I mean, uh, yeah. to, pro to project uh, injuries, I should say. Their yeah. job is to say, if healthy, which he is, Snell is healthy. Yeah. So I don't, what do you want him to do? Like, I, I, I agree. I don't know. Some of the points there about like why you should hate Snell and fine. But like, fine. the fact that you're saying, like, oh, I think they're pretty heavy on the innings, like, you just don't understand Steamer. Like, you don't understand its purpose. I don't know what he said. So I'm just using you as, as the reference here. But if his, yeah. if his, if his bone is to pick is they just projected too many. If he wanted them to project, I don't know, one fifth. He's just saying the innings were too innings. much. He said the 174 innings were way too much. For okay. Snell. I don't know what the innings he wants to see, but so what? So just taper it back in your mind and go with it. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I would, I would feel differently if he said, I don't really care what the innings are. They're projecting him to K this many per inning or have this ERA or have this whip. And he completely disagrees with the ratios. That would be different. Yeah, I think, and Silver, Silver was sort of like, yeah, like you know, like I haven't really done my research yet, whatever. I'm not really opining, uh, like opining on it, but it probably didn't sit right with him. He probably chimed in right. He's like, I don't like this, probably because he's a lawyer and it's like has all these like, like it's it's inherent bias. So like there's like an inherent like logical flaw that he's you like using when saying I don't like Steamer projecting these inning innings. It just doesn't probably just didn't feel right, but he probably didn't feel like getting into a huge argument with it. Um, next thing. Okay. Here's an elephant in the room. Dave funnel. You know him? I don't no, know him. No, I know I'm, of picking, him. I'm picking on all the Canadian guys. You know, you don't know okay. Dave funnel. I, I know of him. I mean, I, I've seen yeah. him on Twitter. So he's, he's doing all this injury stuff. He's got an injury thing. Like, yeah. I got to call out the elephant in the room here. There's a new Dr. Dave. You think so? Yeah. I think, I think, I think the tide is shifting. I think, Dr. Dave McDonald is no longer the primary Dr. Dave. I think it's Dave, Dr. Dave Funnel. He's got wow. the injury spreadsheet. All he talks about is injuries. I, okay. I think he's, I, I, I'm going to ask you to please go along with this and um, accept that Dr. Dave Funnel is the new Dr. Dave. Um, it's, 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 a, it's really a, a turning point here. I mean, Dr. Dave in my heart has always been special. And so now to tell me that someone else is assuming the role and the, the, the throne, if you will, of Dr. Yeah. Dave. Uh, the, I mean, 
I'm really going to have to think about this. It's got, you've thrown me a curveball for sure. Well, Dr. Dave is. What do very, I say to the old Dr. Joke, Dr. Dave McDonald is, is an excellent player in the NFBC and yes. very accomplished. Like, I, I think we're diminishing what he does as a player by sort of giving him the the nickname Dr. Dave. Like, he's just a we're doctor. Here today. He's, he's more, he's Dave McDonald's is much more than that. Yes. They fought a lot of We're standing on the shoulders of Dr. Dave right now. Okay. He got us to where we are today. Dr. <laughs> Dave McDonald. Okay. So, so just take this title from him. I, I'm gonna have to look into this Dave Funnel. He must be really something. I'd like I'd like people that are listening right now to look into Dave Funnel. And I don't know if I can find him on Twitter. Like I don't know what his ad is. But um, let's see if I can find. But he's him. good. What you're saying is he's analyzing injuries. He's good. He's good. Oh, his, his, his handle. So look, he, Sportsnet. So S P O R T Z underscore N U T T fifty one. He's an F S W A guy. Um, he's from Toronto. I've uh, he's gotcha. from, I've met him in person. He's okay. a great guy. But I, I and he's doing great work. I think like he should be noticed. You should give him a follow. And surgery um, updates, injury reports. Yeah, like wow. everything injury, you know, and you notice all the eyeball emojis. And before we did this podcast, I did a count. So I'm going to give you an over under question. How many eyeball emojis has he used since December 1st? And and that includes like that would count doubles, like two eyeballs as two and triples as three, et cetera. So oh, wow. how over under is 52 and a half. You're going to go over or under since December 1st. Uh, just to be just to be contrarian, I'll go under. You're right. It was 50. So 50 eyeballs. 50 of, eyeballs. Of is that what, what, when do you get an eyeball? Like, when does that happen? Well, any, like, if you retweet anything that's sort of notable, like, for example, oh. Bob Nightingale, Bob Nightingale um, reported that Shogo uh, signed with the Cubs, that got three sets of eyeballs. Now, wow. uh, uh, for example, the Wander Franco news. Uh, that got three eyeballs as well. Um, What's the record for number of eyeballs? Um, let's see here. Just, hold on, bear with me. Three, the most you'll go, or does no, no. Know? There's more. There's definitely more. Three is not the the record. Um, so, when the Mariners acquired Israeli, that only got one. Um, okay. Edmund missed five weeks in July. So that's an injury one. That got four sets. Um, wow. And Wander Franco, another news, got one. Um, Aaron Rodgers got one. Oh, Shoei Otani, this is from December 14th. Shoei Otani wouldn't confirm whether or not he had a second Tommy John surgery, but said the elbow procedure was completely different from his first Tommy John. That got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine eyeballs. So especially when you when you when your niche is injuries and you got a one one of the best players. In baseball, like a first round pick, nine. probably a second round pick, a second round pick in Shohei Otani. Um, right, you got nine eyeballs there. I don't know if you're following around here. Wow. Anyways. Well, this is a uh, this is this is really uh, fascinating. And if we've got a new Doctor Dave, and the level of injury or interest is tracked by eyeballs, we're going to have to keep an eye on this. Pardon the pun. <laughs> Well, let's because go to let's go to Dr. Dave, um, and he's at Run DMC. Let me ask you this before we go any further: Is there ever a shot at at Dave McDonald taking back 
Dr. Dave, or is that a permanent move? Of, no, it's not permanent. The, no. So they, they can both vie for the throne, like the Iron Throne. My God, yo. He does the eyeball thing too. No, he doesn't. Impossible. Well, not 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 to the extent, but like actually the last time Dr. Dave McDonald did an eyeball was uh, Jason Dominguez is coming up on Friday. That was in August of last year. But Dave's been a little bit quieter on Twitter. Um, I'd like to see Dave, yeah. uh, see Dave with more eyeballs emojis. And then maybe we can talk about getting his, getting his doctor status back. But I think, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to pass on that Dr. Dave to phone. Okay, right. fair enough. But let's just let's just leave the door barely open for McDonald to get back because I think this is a, I mean, we're talking about years of history here and to just snatch it from him, which don't get me wrong. Dave has really dropped the ball McDonald. Okay. I even told him you, you owe it to, to everyone, to, to, to the community to be there for us when we need you the most and you leave at football time and you just you, you don't do drafts you don't talk to anybody and i think it's not fair to us to just leave us hanging like that we need him every month of the year even when baseball ends at the world series he cannot desert us like he has and frankly let's take the title from him and this is a lesson for him that i hope that he learns from if he wants it back which i think he will want it back he needs to earn it right now funnel is number one yeah, I think you learn from your spanking. I think you um, spend more time re reviewing your errors than celebrating your victories. And I think that's, that's right. We need to really focus on that right now. Um, this is, this more is housekeeping. I got a couple more housekeeping items. AJ. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Um, I know we got to talk about Kansas City Royals catchers, but um, you know what? A, a prominent player, like like we talked about Mike Curlin before, like tweets something in a convincing way. All the sheep in the NFBC, it's a lot of insatiable. They'll fucking slurp it up. So, you know what? I'm going to give you an example. Vlad Sedler, you know what? I'm going to pick on him here a little bit, Vlad. Uh, I do because I can, I, I, because I respect him as a player. He's, a, he's an amazing player and uh, I consider him a friend. But he tweeted today, draft advice, titled it draft advice. The further along the draft you are, the less you, you should be tied to ADP. ADP is the market, but it's also historical data. The market is the Wild West after pick 200. And he goes on to say that, in the 33rd round, if there's a pitcher that you love with a 38th round ADP, take him or else someone will. Now, my response to this is, well, first of all, probably not. Um, if you look at ADP and study it, it's probably not going to be taken. Uh, that's five rounds. That's 75 picks. My advice would probably be don't reach 75 fucking picks, even if you're in a round set 30 to 40, especially if you're doing more, more than one DC. People fall People follow ADP in general. It won't always work. You might get you might get that player taken. Um, maybe jump a player a round or two, but five rounds. This is not good advice. Now this tweet got last time I looked 105 likes, five retweets, including one by Steve Brum saying, "This is great advice from one of the best players in the world." Now people are just fucking sleepwalking. And I agree with him. Vlad is one of the best players in the world. And I truly believe that he is one of the best players in the world, but this is not good advice at all. Hmm. Telling someone, and I know you're probably tongue tied. You don't want to say anything bad, but. Well, first of all, you, yes, you're not, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not going to put you, I'm not going to throw you. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm about to talk about this. I'm, I'm just going to ask you oh. a question. You can, you can expand on okay. how you want. Okay. True or false. You're in round 
33. Jumping a player five rounds from ADP, would you recommend that, yes or no? Uh, it depends on news. It depends on how excited you are. It depends on how many drafts you're doing. Wouldn't you agree? Good points. Good points. I think there. I. I, I think you could qualify this by that if there's breaking news that would cause a player to yes. um, shoot up. Say, for example, Wu Suk Go um, when he was going like undrafted to uh, when the news broke. Then you can certainly jump that player up multiple more rounds in five but in the context of what our friend vlad said here i don't think he's alluding to those um such situations or else he should have specified that well to say it generally i would say in general the idea with adp and we call it you can call it adp chicken if you want the idea with adp is to get the as many of the people as you want as late as you can I mean, essentially, that's what you're using ADP for is to get Especially a gauge, overall competition and to get a gauge of where, where roughly where everyone is taking the people that you're aiming for. In Vlad's case, because he's my friend and he's really a fantastic player and I'm not just blowing smoke. That's true. That's true. Um, he's I'm speaking generally, I think, to people who might be not doing tons of drafts and saying you need to get your guys. But what will happen is if you're not doing just one draft or you are spacing them out or you, um, you know, you do a draft and wait another few weeks and do another one. What you're doing is you are inflating the player that you hope to get in the 38th round or thereabouts. If you take him in the 30th, 33rd round, whatever, someone else is going to see that pick when they run ADP, you know, a week from now or whatever. And they're going to say, well, the men pick on him was now the 33rd round. I'm going to take him in the 30th round or the 31st round. If you find someone else that likes your guy. So be careful about hopping your guy up just to get your guy because you're really hurting yourself down the road. If you're doing more drafts, if you're doing one draft, two drafts, get your guys and who cares where the chips fall after the fact. But if you plan on drafting throughout the draft season, do not pump your guys because you're going to harm yourself at the end of the, at the end of the equation. Yeah. I, I think I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, last housekeeping item. Um, Derek Cardi. He had a tweet on January 2nd, recapping his ROI on various sports. He then posts a Bugs Bunny printing money gif with it. First of all, this isn't money. It's a unit, but I'll humor him for the time being. His baseball ROI was 9.9% that he posted on 995 bets or plus 108.5 units in quotation marks will pretend units are real. So let's say a unit is, and I'll be generous, $20. It's supposed to be one bet for someone. So I don't know. Some people say it's one, five. I don't know. We'll say 20 for this, for this instance. Now let's say each bet takes 10 minutes to place including logging in, making the bet, and doing the research. I think that's being conservative, and that doesn't even include the time spent on Twitter victory lapping all this shit. So that's 166 hours for those 995 bets. When you work out the math, that's $13 an hour, which isn't even minimum wage. But in the world of units and sports betting, this is printing money. <laughs> 
So he's he's working at a wage of like $13 an hour. This is what he's making on this shit. And he's printing money. I don't think so. I, 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 would, I would say that's grossly, um, I don't even know the word for that. Exaggerated? That's, that's one of the words, but I would say just like, um, I would just use the word detached from reality. That's what I would say. So I, I thought he just did baseball. Is he doing football bets? Is that what this was? There's football and another, I think football and something else there too, but I just looked at the baseball. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, anyways, Sal, so Kansas City, so this is why I had you on because Kansas City Royal fan, it's catcher month. So catchers in the fantasy baseball community, they're talked about from uh, November 1st through January 31st, and then they do the rest of the positions. Catcher and quarter. Then you're going to have, sorry? Catch your quarter, yeah. Catch your quarter, yeah. Sorry, and um, yeah, and generally, you do a podcast per team per catcher. So, we're doing just Kansas City catchers. Sal Perez, for those who, who don't know, is the, the, the primary catcher for the Kansas City Royals. Dude's gonna be 34 this year, he had an exceptional, exceptional 2021. Um, he, he just he didn't start only nine games last year. So he missed 13 games combined, uh, injured or on the IL. He's going after Yaner Diaz, who I know you like. Um, Steamer projects him at 260, batting average, 82 RBIs, 27 home runs. What are your thoughts on Big Sal? Well, he's a, he's an Iron Man. You don't see very many of those at catcher. So honestly, like he's a tremendous bargain right now for the for the output you get from him at catcher and he dhs when he doesn't catch um he, he played first base last year when Vinny was hurt i mean really they don't want him out of the lineup and he doesn't want to come out of the lineup while his skills might not be what they once were he's still a huge deal uh to have at a catcher spot you know in in our in our format so i'm highly highly interested at that adp yeah. Uh, what do you, you think? Do you, you think he might get traded? Like, could he get traded? Like, I just can't see that like, Let's just call it spade a spade. Like, the Royals are fucking shit. Are they right. going to trade him? No, they, they're not smart enough. If they were smart, he would have been <laughs> traded after 21, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you trade somebody at or near. Why would you keep a guy coming off 40-some, 48 homers or 40? I don't know what he had that year. Why would you keep somebody coming off that many homers that you're nowhere near winning? You know, you can get at least a lot. I don't know, maybe a ton at that point. And now he's declining a bit. He's getting older and frankly, he makes a lot of money. There's just a lot of negatives to trading him. And, you know, you've kept him this long, just ride him into the ground. You know I mean? Just ride, just ride the plane all the way into the mountain. Let him go. I don't know how many years he has left on his contract, but, just let him go out, put a statue out there, and that'll be it. I don't think he's getting traded. No. Um, you think he eats into the DH? Because I, I, I think he does. He eats into the DH at bats of like uh, your boy Nelson Velasquez and Renfro. Like, yes. like I've heard people talk about them and like, okay, yeah, there's DH bats to go around. But having a guy like Sal really, really eats into the, the playing time so, of the other outfielders. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's still a human being and he can't catch seven days a week or six games a week or whatever they end up as the schedule. 
So Fermin's going to get a game a week, maybe two. And they're both right-handed. So when a lefty's on the mound, let's say they pick that time to play Fermin because he's maybe best against lefties and might as well optimize his playing time if if they can work it that way. Well, that puts him at DH and really puts a, a, a crimp in Velasquez, Renfro, whoever, as they try to figure out who can play in the outfield. Um, and if they're righties and they want to play Melendez every day and, I don't know, Isbell in center for his defense, those are lefties, that's going to put Renfro or Velasquez on the, on the bench. So Perez is not going to sit on the bench. I promise you that if he's healthy, he's not going to sit. Played, he played first base 23 times too. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know, that won't necessarily happen because of the handedness and, you know, Vinny is not going to sit, you know, he's making but, 21, 20 million bucks a year. Yeah. They're going to play him. They got him for another two years, including they got him for 24. I can't figure out. I mean, other than he's old and, you know, he's not what he was. Compare him to the, yeah. Compare him to the other catchers. Why is his ADP this bad? Why is his ADP worse than Yiner Diaz? Why? Because you keep taking Yiner Diaz early, but you've been in like 15 drafts. So, well, besides that, so you're, you're a fucking enormous reason for that? <laughs> yeah, but I've turned over a new leaf. So. <laughs> okay. Um, Melendez. I know he's not a catcher in the NFBC, but is he going to play every day, you think? or? I think, I think he'll play against all righties and, I don't know, some lefties. I do think he's going to end up sitting against some lefties just – Unless he comes out just crushing everybody, which has not been his uh, track record. So if he struggles, if he struggles at all, or if they just nitpick it and say he's struggling against lefties, which is more likely, then I could see uh, Velasquez taking those at bats, or at least Renfro and Velasquez at DH or something to that effect. I do think they intend to play him every day, but let's see how he does out of the gate. It's really about how he starts whether he can solidify that. Do you know what? Like um, when I'm doing preparation for these drafts and there's the player pool is huge. You sort of, well, I feel like I have to eliminate certain players off my list and uh, like in certain ADP ranges. And I just decide like near the start of draft season, yep, this person is off my list and it doesn't really, and, and sometimes it's before I even get into the numbers and a couple of things with Melendez is like, he wasn't good last year. Um, the first, one of the first things I saw, and it's a bias because it's one of the first things I saw is that the Royals GM or whatever said that we're looking to add corner outfielders. And I'm thinking, okay, um, Melendez is not going to be really catcher anymore. So his best chance is DH or outfield. And there's a lot of mouths to feed there. So plus him underperforming plus him having the, I think NFBC perceived like, I don't want to say name value, but just like carryover value from last year. I think he has a little bit of a carryover value. Um, and um, I saw that they didn't put him in the picture for like their advertisement. So I'm like, maybe. Right? He so those are a couple of things. I'm like, he just was a guy that I decided I'm not going to draft. And it had nothing to do with like any fancy projection or anything, just like sort of, I just have qualitative factors that I have before the season starts or 
just like while I'm researching, I'm like, okay, this guy is just off my board and it may not make a total sense, but that's for me. He's just off my board. Yeah. I think that's smart. Um, yeah. You, you just can't, you can't consider everybody all the time. So either because of bias from like confirmation bias from people you've been drafting or from some analysis, let's say, you know, you did the analysis in your head. Let's say you looked up some stats, whatever the reasons are. I think it's good to cross people off, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that sounded to you, but like, I'm, no, I think I, it's great. Did I, did I sound like Ian Khan there? Just sort of like, Oh, well, he's an yeah. actor. It's like, this is his last chance. He's got to, he's got to do well. And no, but I think, no, like, I think my I think reasoning was like, not as good as like maybe the reasoning like Phil Dussault would have because it's all numbers, but I don't think it's, I don't think what I said was that stupid. It might sound no. kind of stupid, but I don't know. I think I everybody gets caught up in numbers. I think no, it's, not, it's not as bad as the Ian Khan thing, right? Right. Right. Although, it's not you, know, bad. You, you know MJ wants to do good this year. He really wants it, right? You know how bad yeah. he's wanting it. And really, his, his career's on the line. Have you thought about that? Yeah, it's sort of like his last chance, right? It's sort kind of like, like that. I mean, he's really got to make a name for himself this year. So it's sort of like he's like John Travolta. So he's John Travolta. He's been like out of movies for a while, like back in the eighties or nineties, and then you know, boom! All of a sudden, you got Face Off. You got um, what else? Face Off, and then get another good one, right? Oh, was the first one. Yeah, sort know. of like that. You know what? I might be back in on MJ now that we speak about this. Just think about it. But but back to your point, um, I really do think it's a great idea to eliminate i mean if we want to talk honestly it is a great idea to eliminate people and frankly a lot of times you eliminate people after you've drafted after you've taken people after you've looked at adp after you've seen where people go it's great to look at it before you start drafts and say these are guys i'm avoiding whoever they are uh, it's going to serve you well because there's probably a really good reason you're avoiding them and if you don't do that you'll end up taking the guys who fall in ADP because you just haven't really thought about it. And you end up with guys on your team that you really didn't want. And maybe yeah. after the fact, you wish you hadn't taken. There's a couple guys, like there's a couple guys, like now that you mentioned it, like um, Anthony Rendell, even last year, or well, as soon as he, as soon as he did that, like chokey thing, yeah. um, I'm like, this guy's fucking done. There's no yeah. way I'm taking this guy next year. Um uh, there's other players. Uh, Rendon's a good example, though. You know, it's it's like a guy, he's going to go so late. You're like, look no at way. the idiots that I'm drafting instead of him. It doesn't matter. I'm not drafting. Yeah, he's a guy that I just I will not take him. He's he's, he's felt like round 38. No. Like, this guy is just like done. And I've been wrong on, on making decisions like that. That's probably because these decisions are just completely biased. Like he can, like when I saw you on Moncada's Moncada's music video, I'm like, nope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for the most part, everybody either subconsciously, I got back, you know. or, yeah, subconsciously or consciously before the draft has people in their mind that they don't want to take. Maybe they don't say it out loud. Maybe they don't write it down on a list, but. There's people that you're you're never drafting, and it's not a coincidence. It depends on how many people, how many drafts. Yeah, and, and it could be as simple as like I'm not drafting a 41 year old starting pitcher, Justin Verlander. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not drafting a 
30 whatever year old starting pitcher with bones broken off his elbow and you let's Darvish. talk about this let's go the other way i'm not drafting a rookie that i know will not start in the major leagues on opening day i'm just not going go. to do it now obviously you would i think that would be a different case where you would take him at some point in the dc but he never gets to that point anyway so there's times that you're never going to have some people because of whatever that 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 reasoning in your head has been you're never going to put yourself in a spot where you're taking him where he's going. Either you like other people at that time, or you've just dismissed him in your mind. Like you, like you're talking about with, you know, 41 year old pitcher. Of course I would take him, you know, 10 rounds later, he's not ever there. So you're never going to have a share. Never, you know? So. I I think, I think it's a good way to sort of navigate groupthink in the, in the NFBC. Yeah. Side note, um, they have the executive polls like on prospects and they have it every year. Um, I looked at it and um, Wyatt Langford uh, ranked third amongst executives for rookie of the year uh, predictions in the American League. Behind number one, Evan Carter, his teammate, and the number two player that executives and GMs or whoever uh, said was going to be Jackson Holiday. So why Langford has been buoyed up in the NFBC because of, in my opinion, early drafters um, making a stand for whatever reason. And I've talked about this on podcasts. Like um, I think it's a ton of groupthink um, in, in the NFBC world, world, but I think it's just interesting that you, when you, when you sort of extract yourself from our little community and then you have actual MLB executives say certain things like, they had him like you pretty clearly behind those two other players and NFPC players in general would completely disagree with that in my, in my assessment. You know um, what you just said is, is kind of the microcosm of, of like early drafting is such a big deal in our bubble. Not only is it self-perpetuating where an early drafted player gets drafted early because people know they have to take him there if they want to share of him. But it also builds like a, a false sense of security in thinking that all these other people are taking him here. He must be, this must be where he goes. And that group think is a, t- it, if you can get out of that bubble, of course, you know, that means you don't have a share of Wyatt Langford. So be it. If you can get out of those bubbles, whether it's a rookie or pitchers, or anybody. It could be anything. It could be, you know, catchers. It could be Yiner Diaz. Listen, you've got to make your own decisions and don't use ADP to form how you're going to draft. And that means crossing people off. That means ruling people out. Not that you don't like the player, but the value is bad. Um, there's lots of reasons that early ADP is a terrible, terrible thing for our, for our industry, really. I mean, but once a person, once Wyatt Langford gets to, you know, 10th round or wherever, whereabouts he's, he's been going, um, it, people draft him in the 10th round because they want Wyatt Langford, not because he's worth going in the 10th round. And so it self-perpetuates and stays there. And the more and more it goes, the harder it is to move ADP. Yeah, no, that's, that's very well said. Um, what was I going to say? Um, no, I think that's that's perfect. Yeah. 
That to catchers um, though. You want to talk about Freddie Fermin or not? Yeah, no, I was just that's 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 basically what I was trying to think of and um, ask you about that. Yeah, Fermin, what do you what do you, I like him this year? What do you think about him? The son of a bitch can flat out hit. That's what I'm going to tell you. Okay, now if anything happens to Salvi, you got yourself a gold nugget there that you pulled right out of the ground. He's going so late. I don't even know what his ADP is, but he goes late as late as hell. So around 400, I think. Yeah. If, if you've got, you know, undrafted some glad and a lot of gladiators. Oh yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe goes at the end, maybe as catcher two and some gladiators, you know, cause he's yeah. pretty, pretty sparse back there, but I think he's a nice catcher three, especially if you have Salvi, you should yeah. be getting, him. um, but I like him. I think, I think he's got a decent bat. He's not somebody you can play while Salvi is healthy because um, that's why he's really designed to be a handcuff. Cause if you need him, he's probably only going to play a day or two a day. So he's not going to give you enough production to be, you know, uh, viable as somebody to start. He's really a warm body to handcuff to Salvi. Yeah. But he's fine. Fine hitter. I haven't looked into him a ton, but like I'm just eyeballing his stats. Like last year, between AAA and the major leagues, I, I understand catchers don't play um, 600 plate appearances, but like across about 600 plate appearances, he was um, pacing for 30 home runs and a 290 batting average. If you combine his stats and put him at 600 plate appearances, which I know is unrealistic, um, but like that's really all you need. Like for for where he's going, and like time is money. You don't like I don't have all the time in the world to be analyzing every player. Like he's a catcher three, like you said, in these DCs might be completely undrafted in, in, in gladiators might be completely undrafted in, in main events or auctions. Um, like just looking at that. And like you said, like the, like, like, yeah, like you referred to the golden nugget and looking at his stats and really how much more do you want to dig on this guy? Like you really want to project him? Is, is projecting him going to do anything for you? I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think just, he's, really are gonna, just, he's projected for 249 and eight home runs across like 200 and, 200 and something plate appearances and change or whatever. Like that projection fucking is meaningless to me. It's, um, meaningless. it's meaningless. It's like, okay, like either like he's going to not get enough playing time and he's droppable or like, like you said, he's like, he's a golden ticket. That's right. Because I don't think they're going to move MJ back there. I don't. I don't think I didn't think so either. But I'm, no, I'm I meant like no, I know, that's why you're the that's why you're the expert, Ag. You're the Kansas City catcher expert. So yeah, I'm not sure. gonna I'm not gonna overstep here. Oh, bold predictions. Okay. Bold okay. predictions. Uh, who goes first? Um, you. You're the guest. So um, that, that's what that's what these. Previews also encompass. Uh, I think it should be said we did not tell each other our bold predictions, so it is possible we overlap. I doubt that we overlap, but um. Well, I know we're going to overlap because you leaked one to me, and I've already got a. Here's one: Paul Skeens, Tommy John surgery before the season starts. Jesus, it's just it's just you know like, what's going to happen. Like I don't have any, I don't have any logic or reason. That's just a bold prediction. That's what these are. Like these are just like this have is you ever had it works. Or? Right? Has he ever had Tommy Tommy John no, yet? I don't think so. Huh. Well, 
That's, that would be sad, but it's a bold prediction. You're, That's how these bold predictions work. You, you look at last year and you see that the top pitching prospect, Andrew, Andrew Painter, had Tommy John surgery before the season. Yeah. And then you just, you know, it's just all recency bias. You apply your next bold prediction and you just hope the same thing happens. That's okay. Really, that's really baseball a- analysis. That's that's how these. That's yeah, that's, that was that was a hell hell of analysis too. That's how that's how things are done. Nice. Okay, here's okay. my next. One. All right, uh, Anthony Volpe figures out how to make more contact and comes close to thirty thirty and gets some MVP votes. Okay, how much is uh, Dupont paying you for that one? Nothing. Nothing. Although I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he he I saw him. So I want to tell you guys something. DuPont has a burner. He has a burner NFBC account where he does hedge and take Yankees on teams. You will never hear about it. <laughs> I, I know the name of the account and I'm not going to out him because I've told him that his secret is safe with me. But he does hedge because what he wants is if the Yankees ever do get back to you know, the playoffs and, and a, a juggernaut, he wants to make sure he's making money off of it. Smart, you know. So anyway, I bet Volpe, uh, I bet Volpe keeps, keeps growing from what he did last year. He's got power and speed. It was just about average. That was the problem. Average and, and K's were a problem. I bet he ups his contact percentage this year as a, as a kid, he's only going to get better. So I think it's a, I think it's a good bet at his, where he's going in drafts, I think he's a, a fine pick. Okay, here's um, my next one, and it's not really a, a prediction on performance, a prediction on the market. Um, I think uh, when people get to see some more video on Shogo or Shoto Imaganama, whatever his name is, yeah, no, you know who I'm talking about. He's going to yeah. be a tenth round pick in main events. A tenth round pick. What 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 is he right now before he got signed? Uh, uh, 15 so, maybe 15 20 so 10th round 15. by 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 main event season yeah yeah uh, that one's not, i wish that you don't was see that happen no it's fine i just you know i'm not excited okay about it. it's a bold prediction okay. here's my bold prediction okay the mets trade for corbin burns two of the players going back are brett Beatty and louis angel acuna or louis on hell i don't know and they also give something else. Burns goes to New York, pitches like a banshee for about three months, and then blows his arm out. <laughs> it's a fantastic prediction. Okay, let's just see how it goes. But that's, um, all that stuff has to happen for my project prediction. If it yeah. does, I want props. All right. You'll get them. My third bold prediction is Ezekiel Duran is traded to the Chicago White Sox in a deal for Dylan Cease, and he goes 30-10, so 30 home runs, 10 stolen bases. You don't see there's no – there's definitely room for him there. They, he, play, he can play anywhere, and oh, they got a lot of holes. He can play short, can he? I think he plays short a little bit. Do whatever they say. Yeah. Huh, Okay. You think that's enough for Cease? What no, else? no, I think as part of my, uh, yeah. I didn't say straight like up. the main guy I care about right now. Yeah, I would say Probably like other guys send, him, send him and uh, they got they got a bunch of good prospects. They got, um, what's his face? Harris, Dustin Harris, they can send as well. He's yeah. just fucking, Dustin Harris, Ezekiel Duran, 
Boom. So C's to the Rangers. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Uh, here's my – what are we on, four? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I started with snow. All right. You, our friend's going to love this one. Okay. Byron Buxton plays a career-high 141 games. He's, his previous <laughs> was 140. He gets one more, and he cuts down his case, so he hits about 250, and he's just a star pick where he's going right now. <laughs> a huge, like, league-winning pick because he goes so late. Okay. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Why are you <laughs> laughing? It's uh, oh, I know. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. That these that's the that's the point of these. These are the bold predictions. All right. Um. Teammates, Kevin Biggio and Jake Fraley. Teammates. They both go twenty twenty after Fraley's traded to the Jays for Yimmy Garcia. Biggio goes twenty twenty for Yimmy Garcia. Yeah, What's that? Well, Reds don't need him. Reds don't need Fred. He's okay. like he's he's spare parts right at the moment. Yeah. He's gonna be. He's they're not optimizing it. Right, right. They don't need it. They don't need to add to their lineup. They kind of want to win now. Their rotation's pretty much overloaded at the time being, anyways. So what do they need? Yeah. They need relievers. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. They, I don't know what. What. It's a fucking bold prediction. It means nothing. That's fine. No, it's good. Okay, you ready for my last one? Yeah. CES does get playing time out of the gate. He's not sitting the bench. That's not bold. He hits, first of all. He hits wait a minute. He hits so bad that he sit down in May. Okay. And uh he spends at least a month down in the minors, maybe longer. Does he, he cry? He there's a he doesn't cry, but his eyes have they're like full of water when he's talking to the press as he's like packing up his stuff after they tell him. And he won't cry because he's a man. Right. But uh it's a real it's a real rough day. And they're like, Well, we got Jimer, you know, we're paying him a ton of money and you know, we're gonna let you go work things out triple A. We know you we know you're great. You'll be back soon. And he he only hits like you know, two ten. But it becomes a log jam if your guy that you just bold predicted doesn't get traded. So CES uh, struggles out of the gate and gets sent down. Interesting. Yep. All right. My last bold prediction is a player with a steamer projected ERA of 3.69 and a 10.64 K per nine projected. Garrett Crotchet. Secures 25 saves from the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, no, I mean, seems like I've heard that somewhere else. That's a hell of a prediction, though. Uh, you know, he might be able to weave his way into the into the save uh, the save mix there for sure. They, you know, he's a hell of a pitcher, and uh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Thank Way you. to go out on the limb there. Well, it's a bold prediction. What what uh, where'd you get the idea for that? I mean, did you just think it up or it's kind of yeah? Well, just I'm looking at them, looking at the relievers that could be um, potentially getting saves that aren't being drafted, like in Gladiators. I'm like, okay, who should probably be drafted? Like, who should probably be drafted in every Fab League, right? Right now, and right. that's a guy that's like, who should be drafted in every Fab League that's not being drafted, like. Hicks is being drafted. Chapman's being drafted. Brian Abreu. You got all these guys that are always brash. They're always being drafted. Stevenson. 
No one's drafting. Who did I say? Who's the guy? Crotchet. Crotchet, yeah. No one's taking it. That's and you know what? Your legwork on that, your homework, your due diligence. <laughs> I'm quite sure everyone appreciates it. And, you know, you ought to think about tweeting that out if you if you have time just to help people out. There might be some people that aren't listening to the pod that could really use that info. You got to listen to You got to listen to this. You think you're listening to a, a, a Sal Perez podcast? Guess what? There's fucking golden nuggets at the end of it. That's right. That's right. We got nuggets everywhere. Uh, what else? What what else? you know the catchers? I think people people undersell how important catchers are, and I don't think we've spent enough time discussing not only who the best ones are and when to take them, but the nuance of how they help your team. You only get two catchers. It's like children. Once you get them, you need to care for them. You need to you need to watch them. You need to make sure that they are uh, managed properly. And these catchers that we're talking about, they can really be the base of a winning summer for everybody. Don't, don't take $2 catchers at the end of your team. You're going to regret it. Okay. Get yourself. Like you the movie Summer Catch with Freddie Fritz Jr. What about him? What did he do? He said the, he said that, uh, Getting catchers could could make or break your summer. You said summer and catchers, so I thought made me think of the movie Summer Catch. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a blockbuster. Yeah, Freddie Prince. The feel good hit of the summer is he? Freddie Prince, Freddie Furman. <gasps> it's a sign. Freddie Freeman. Furman. Furman. They're Same not thing. That far apart. They're not that different. I've seen I've seen someone take Freddie Furman in the first round by accident. Is that true? Yeah. They're probably doing voice text. They said they did voice text, and then they did like have fun. It's probably a guy from the south. It's probably a guy from like Kansas. City. Ah, I want some Freddie Furman in the first round. Give me that Freddie Furman. He's a hell of a hitter. I'm just yeah. playing my banjo over here. Give me some Freddie Furman in the first round. You think we play the banjo? <laughs> Yeah, you guys play the banjo. I live in an igloo. Yeah, that's true. With hockey pucks flying by your head. Yeah. What? Uh, what else is? What else can we talk about? Got anything else on the agenda? Um, nope. The agenda's over. Uh, we can do a bonus bold prediction. Um, okay. Got anything on your mind? Um, nope. I'd have to think one. I'd have to. Well, predictions are the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Because it takes no, you don't need to back it up. Okay, I got a question for you. Yeah. This so just off the top of your head, who is and these are good players, right? Who is the worst first round ADP right now? Okay. The worst first Not round. Not necessarily ADP. the worst player, but who's the worst for their ADP in the first round? Because this is these are people that everybody talks about all day long. Just, honestly, and you think I'm bullshitting, you might think I'm bullshitting because I have taken this player. It has to be Shohei Otani because it handcuffs you, even in the Gladiator. And there's so many good values um, after that. Marcelo Zuna, I've seen him fall to around 14. Eloy felt like I've seen him fall to the pick 260. JD Martinez have fallen super far. Like you said, even Buxton, like when he falls to around 21, 22, like it's just like I can't count how many times I've regretted 
taking Shohei Otani because not of because that. of who, what he is, but what it makes you choices. They're all good. They're all, man, they're all good players. Like it's not like he's yeah. stealing fifty bases. Like you're not you're not passing on that much incremental value, and then you're you're leaving so much value on the table later. It's just I've I've learned from just the drafts and man, like I I don't know. I think it's um a hidden cost. Yeah. What about yeah. you? I, I I think I would agree with that. I think it's between it's it's between Otani and Soto for me. Um not again, they are they are fantastic players. The only difference I would say Otani would have been my pick. The only difference I would say with Soto is because outfield is somewhat thin as you get deeper into these leagues, you know, uh, trying to make five outfields, five outfielders that are uh, you like and are productive and get tons of at bats and do the things you need to do to fill your stats. Um, Soto, I wonder how New York will go for him. I'm talking about intangibles. I'm not talking about, of course, he's a wonderful hitter. Will he try to pump up homers? Will he try to run? Will he not try to run? Um, you know, it's just kind of a, uh, I'm a little, I mean, because you're, again, you're, you're comparing the best of the best. Soto's going next to Freeman. Soto's going next to Tatis. Soto's going next to Trey Turner, who you can say what you want about, you know, Turner's not stealing 50 bases like some other guys and stuff. He's pretty solid and he puts up tons of playing time and he's a pretty good hitter in a, in a hell of a lineup. I don't know. I, I just wonder if Soto should go a little bit behind some of the other guys. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm nitpicking, but I would say Otani then Soto. For me. Okay. No. What about round two? Well, I've been thinking about this and I've got plenty of him, but you know, Ellie, the, the failure rate for Ellie is not, it's, it's a fairly decent percentage. I mean, it's probably in the 10 to 20% range that he hits like horrible average. And you're wondering not, I mean, he's still going to hit for power. He's still going to hit, still going to have some steals and, you know, it's going to be fine. It's not a complete bust, you know, barring injury. But what if he hits 215? Is that a good second round pick? You know, I guess it depends on how many steals you get out of a 215 hitter. But Ellie seems like an awfully overpriced player in the second round. But everybody's thinking about the best case versus maybe the the middle outcome or the worst case, you know. I mean, the worst case is just as sometimes just as likely as the best case. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you on that. Um what about a player going outside of the first four rounds that's going to be a first-round pick next year? Hmm. Okay. Do you have anybody in mind while I look? Um, no. Um, I'm looking at a draft right now with it's done four rounds, so i got to look at one with a little bit more juice to it. Um, if you look at our, uh, our, our gladiator from tonight. Yeah. Um, a first round pick. Okay, I'll take one. Okay, and again, you're shooting the moon. How about O'Neill Cruz? Yeah, that's a valid. You know? That's a valid I mean, choice. Of course, 
of course, what, what are the odds he hits that 90th percentile outcome? You know what I mean? It's he, he hasn't even really done anything for any amount of time in the majors. So he's going to still have some bad stretches with this K K issues and versus left left-handed pitching issues. So I think he's, he's going to have a streaky season, but what if, you know, the stars align? I mean, he could hit 35 and steal 35, you know, it would be crazy, but he could do it. He has it inside of him. If he does that, he's one in the first round next year. Yeah. I'll give you one real crazy one. Just given that pitching gets pushed up in main events. And if we're going to talk about who's going to go in the first round of main events next year, I could cheat and say Yamamoto, but I don't think he's going to be falling past the fourth round this year. So I think he's going to be going earlier. So I won't use him as my answer, but um, if Carlos Rogan returns to form. Yeah. Him or Dylan Cease. If one of those players returns to what their ceiling is, you could see them as first round picks next year, like back yep. end of first year. Agreed. Agreed. Actually, Rodon, I mean, everybody just assumes he's going to be injured forever. You know, he was, he was unbelievable, you know, coming from Frisco. And if he can get healthy, which – you know, everyone's hurt until they're not. Everyone's healthy until they're not. It's a dice throw on all pitchers. But he spent enough time being hurt that maybe he's ready to have a pretty good run this year. I think it's, you know, I mean, you're not you're not paying through the nose. Where's Rodon right now? What's his ADP? I'm trying to uh, maybe tenth, eleventh round. I don't know, somewhere in there. I'm just trying to think because last year, before he got hurt. And people took him early in draft. So, like, I'm just thinking back to my main event last year. After he was hurt, my good friend Mark Winoker took him in the fifth round, I believe. Okay. With the injury. So, he was in the early DCs. He was in the third round last year um, before, before he got hurt. So, if you extrapolate the DCs to the main events, he was going, like, say, early third in those – he could have been a first-round pick in the main events. Like he could have been like a yes. fifth, like a swing-round pick in the main events. Yes. So if he if he returns to form on the Yankees, the Yankees do well. He gets a lot of wins. Yep. If he has another lights-out season this year and he's like healthy, where does he go in twenty twenty-five? You're talking about mains, and I'd say for mains, absolutely possible he could go early second, and you know. Yeah, pushing it, given the landscape of how things are with all the hitting going in the first round. So it's really hard to like throw a pitcher into the first round. But. It is. But think about this. In 22, he had 178 innings and 237 Ks, right? What if he just does that again? But give him a few more wins because he's on the Yankees. And let's say he wins 17, 18 games with 240 Ks. And, you know, he's he's in his prime. I mean, you know, he's not old or anything. He's 31. Um, if he shows he's healthy pitches all year, you don't think people are going to be like firing on him. You know, he'll be right up there with everybody. You're right. It is tough. 
throw a guy in the first round, but he will be in consideration. You know, if people are considering, you know, Zach Wheeler for it. I was just going to say that. Zach Wheeler, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, like, see, like, and I could see a, a world, like, Rudolph, Wheeler could get pushed up in that range this year. Um, yes. yes. My person probably wouldn't want to do that, but he could, he could, like, if additional pitchers are getting pushed in the first round this year, Wheeler's, Wheeler would be one of those pitchers in consideration. And if you say Wheeler has um, an acceptable year this year and Rodon pitches to his potential, I could see a world where Rodon goes ahead of Wheeler next year. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. The, math. All, the only reason – this is just like guys before they sign. The only reason people don't pump up guys is because of fear, right? So you're not drafting – I mean, I won't say that. Sometimes – there could be guys that are drafting Rodon every, every draft. But my point is the reason he's going in the 10th, 11th round, I'm, I'm guessing that's where I think he goes right around there is because people are scared and they're, uh, they don't, they don't want to take him earlier, or maybe, maybe they're just playing the game and not taking him earlier because they don't have to. If he goes in the eighth round, would you take him? Maybe, you know what I mean? If he goes in the seventh or sixth round, would you take him over? If he if we if he goes out in, in spring training and is pitching well, would you take him over Musgrove? I, I might. You know, would you take him over Steele? Would you take him over Reagans? I might. So he's down there artificially because people are scared and they haven't seen him pitch. If he shows up healthy in spring training, and God forbid if he has a huge year, absolutely he's going to go top two rounds next year. You know. Okay, well look, look at it this way: um, is Fastball, fastball velocity was about 95 and a half the last three years. So 2021, 2022, and 2023. He didn't lose any velocity last year. Before that, it was way different. Like 2020 was 93, then 91. So just throw all that shit out the window. So just, we're just looking at the last three years. Most people that look at projections tend to agree with that. Last year was a bad year. The years before that, he had a 2.37 ERA and a 2.88 ERA with like a 12K9. Steamer has him at a 378 to, uh, and like an 11K9. And yeah. only, uh, only eight wins. Only eight wins on the Yankees. They got him 166 innings and eight wins. Or sorry, How's that going to work? Uh, that's eight that losses, work? eight losses, eight losses. 12, 12 so wins. Eight? Okay, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 wins. 12 wins. That's, that's okay. Still, Nothing. that's, I would say that's, that's, that's normal. So, like, so projection, very good. 2022, elite. 2021, elite. 2023, hurt. Kind of bad. So, man, like you're, we're really recency biasing this one a lot. Yes, a lot. I mean, a think lot. About, I mean, Musgrove got hurt, didn't he? Going, he? Like, Carlos Rodon is going below Reagan's. He's going below like. He's going below Hunter Green. He's going below he's Hunter going Green. Below Hunter Green. Think about that for a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Well, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Carlos Rodon or Michael King? He goes behind Michael King. I'm just looking at the board here. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at tonight. Draft, so you won the, the 12th round. Okay. Um, Where did King? I'm not. Are you looking at her? Right Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta has the same like spotty track. Yes. Like, same the concerns. Energy. Same it's thing. Kind of crazy. For it's There's for really no reason for him to be where he's at ADP. Okay. Rodon, Rodon's a better pitcher than Brios, like at his peak. And Absolutely. Like, 
the only thing is, okay, yeah, Rodon had a shitty 2023, Barrios had a shitty 22, but okay, Barrios is ahead of Rodon because of we're all idiots, right? Is that what the is that the reason? Everybody's they, scared. Everybody's scared. We're pussies. We're, yeah. Yes. Barrios, Barrios goes ahead of Rodon because everyone is pussies. That's right. P P A P. Yeah. yeah. Wanna end it wanna end it off on that? Yeah, I think so. That was a good nugget for everybody. And yep. if you if you if you don't take him earlier, that's fine with us. Because I do think he's a deal right now. Oh, I agree. Anyway. All right. So let's end it off here. Thanks, 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 AG. You can find you at GLD on Twitter. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, if you want it. We do. They should. All right. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you later. See you.